Hey, welcome to Best Song Ever. Yeah, you tell Jameson he better answer my call or I'll see him in court. Uh, this is Luke LeBen here, joined by my dear friend Kevin Connor. Uh, hold on, I gotta take this. What? Yeah, Mom, Thanksgiving's canceled this year. I don't care. Go. Thanksgiving's canceled? What? Just wait. I gotta take this. Um, Misa, Husa, what now? Get, get out of here. Um, shred it. Shred it. Luke, Luke, tell me what's yeah, going on, because yeah, okay, I know okay. things are never good when you're taking calls on your Jar Jar phone. Oh, yeah, sorry. I'm taking calls on the Jar Jar Cup. I don't know what was happening. It's like learning English. Am I right? Um, but uh, the uh, phones are buzzing off the hook here at the law offices of Best Song Ever. And uh, I'll tell you why. Charlie XCX, famous pop star, uh, is making a Best Song Ever podcast. And so we're, we're just getting our material ready. We're going after her. We're going to take her down. Uh, cause this is unacceptable. Yeah. I've clearly said trademark on this show before. That means it's, it's trademarked. It's registered. I've heard it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, copyrighted that's the third binding. one. Yeah. So I, um, it, I found out this information from a, uh, person, uh, from a publicist who noticed it. Um, and I'm glad they brought it to my attention. She seems to be trying to sidestep, the legal battle that we are preparing for because she did call it Charlie XCX's best song ever. Yes. So I'm like, I guess you're trying to make it different, but I see you, Charlie. I know you've been trying to come for everything I have for years now. And this is your way in. You think wrong. We're going to take you down. Uh, now Luke, I'm looking at the, these law documents you sent me. And um, it says it's starting a 20-episode run, uh, oh god, two days ago. Um, three days, four days ago. We're definitely recording this the day it comes out. And uh, 20 episodes, we've, we have, we've, we have precedent. We beat that. This Come is, on. This is Minisode 13, and next week we'll be putting out episode 137, so she Seven. can get the fuck out. Legally. Right. Yeah, she can legally GTFO, because this is child's play, Charlie. Yeah, you have celebrity guests bigger than anyone I've ever interviewed. Whatever. I don't care. This is the true best song ever podcast, and I don't care what anyone says. Uh, Uh, wait a second. I'm looking at this, uh, these legal documents once again, and it says, The BBC Sounds podcast will feature guests, including Caroline Polachek who's a musician, we've had musicians on, uh, mm-hmm. and Addison Ray, who is a TikTok star, and we have had the boys we of have. Big Dead Energy on here, and they've made a TikTok once. So, listen, she's doing nothing no, that we've we done. Had, what was, we had Jesse Murph, who is a TikTok star, too. Oh, so yeah, we exactly. So we TikTok we've, star. This is, this is covered yeah. ground. This is just sad, Charlie. I mean, you couldn't just be satisfied making good albums with your buddy A.G. Cook. You had to get into our territory. Uh-uh. Um, I do like the idea that, you know, dropping the dropping the bit for a minute, uh, I think there is a very real possibility that Charlie XCX went on Spotify or other podcatchers such as that and 
typed in best song ever podcast and saw that we existed and therefore made her name of her podcast, Charlie XCX's best song ever. So there is a real possibility that we are, there, we influenced that decision. There's a real possibility that Charlie XCX did all this and went, ah, fuck. Yeah, exactly. And uh, then was like, we'll just change the title. You know? Hey, uh, Luke, you, you said you dropped the bit. I'd like to pick the bit back up. Okay, pick it back up. Okay. Uh, how dare you? How dare you, Charlie XCX? Uh, this isn't. This isn't. I'm not in the legal arena anymore. This is a slight against Luke, against me, against Brian, against Planet Ant Podcast, Offshelf.net, exactly. Pinecast, the whole family. Uh, and you know what? I am going to remember this forever and do nothing about it because I don't care that much but still I'm outraged and I will continue to be for at least four or five more minutes so mm-hmm. ha! to quote my uh, hero Tim Robinson this is a betrayal on levels no one has ever seen so just let that sit with you and, uh, and to quote my hero Tim Robinson this world is so fucked up so fucking fucked up. All right. Well, now that we got that out of our system, uh, Whew. came in why, hot. We came in very hot. That was a hot start to the episode. Uh, I've got my paralegals handling the business for the next uh, hour, so we can get into uh, talking about some music. And I want to uh, to to move from us directing our rage at Charlie to us not directing our rage at another pop star, uh, Lord, because I have prepared a feature uh, on Lord that I wanted to uh, start on this podcast. This is a segment I'm calling Rise and Rain, and we're going to look at the rise to prominence and therefore the rain uh, on the pop charts of different artists throughout the years. And we're going to start with Lord. So how this came about was my wife and I were recently talking about Lord's song Solar Power and my wife was making fun of the line where Lord says, Can you reach me? No, you can't. And um I personally enjoy the song Solar Power. It's got an acoustic nineties pop shimmer with a bit of a sixties psychedelic influence. And I even added it to a couple playlists of mine that have songs that I like. And I responded to my wife saying I like the sound of it, but if you dig into the lyrics, there's not much there. Uh, which had me wondering, how did we get here? How did an artist known for her depth make a song so seemingly shallow? And how did an artist known for her lyrical ability write lyrics that made my wife laugh? Was I seeing the entire picture here or missing something? So let's compare her breakout single, Royals, and her new single, Solar Power, as we examine the rise and reign of Lord. My personal perspective on pop music is usually a little more cynical than the average listener or than the average Kevin. Yes. And yeah, you know that's true. And as a lover of indie pop, rock, and hip hop, I would often meet mainstream pop music with scoffs and snobbery. Uh, But many artists have made me check that perspective over the years. And in recent years, I've warmed up to many mainstream pop artists. But in 2013, an artist making a song 
that rejected the glitzy party pop that had dominated the charts for the past five years. That caught my attention. Lord is the stage name of Ella Yalik O'Connor. Uh, Royals was the lead single off of Lord's 2012 breakout EP, The Love Club. It debuted at number one in New Zealand and eventually topped the Billboard Hot 100, outranking Katy Perry's Roar and Miley Cyrus's Wrecking Ball. So she took down some titans there for sure. And it spent nine weeks on the Hot 100 and is certified platinum. For me, Lyrical Lukey, uh, when I heard Royals, I was engrossed by the brilliantly written, cleverly crafted lyrics. And not only was it surprising to see this level of depth and cultural awareness from a teenage songwriter, but it was also surprising to hear that level of depth and awareness in pop music, a genre that typically values vapid earworms over thoughtfully crafted cultural criticisms. But Royals is an iconic song. Even today, its opening notes draw you in and Lord's performance is authentic. Her album, Pure Heroine, similarly captured her unique perspective and bold take on pop music. This image of Lord formed in my mind as this nobody kid who wrote this rebellious anthem. I could envision a future where she changed the way the pop star is perceived, and she continued to break away from the trends of modern pop music. Then in 2017, I see Lord perform her song Greenlight on Saturday Night Live. She was collaborating with one of the biggest pop songwriters, Taylor Swift, and working with one of the most in-demand producers, Jack Antonoff. The production was more polished than her debut, and she was singing about going to clubs and longing after a lover with whom she once danced on the light-up floor. This subject matter is admittedly not out of place in pop music, but you would expect to hear it from the likes of Taylor Swift and Miley Cyrus, the very artists that Lord differentiated herself from in her first single you didn't expect this from lord because she was different than the chart topping queens of the time what happened to that every woman rebel who was bucking the trends did lord sell out so there are a lot of pieces of information that have made me check my perspective when it comes to lord and her career something interesting i just learned uh is that she was signed to universal music group in 2009 but her first EP didn't come out till 2013. So that means at age 12, she was signed to a development contract with the Universal Music Group after an agent received footage of her singing at a middle school talent show. And so while Royals seemingly came out of nowhere, uh, her career was years in the making, and she wasn't exactly starting from square one since she had a contract with a major label long before she even released any music. In the song, when Lord talks about living in a torn-up town, I got a much bleaker picture than the reality. The genius lyrics annotations of the Royals lyrics say, Admittedly, Lord hails from Davenport, New Zealand, which is hardly a torn-up town. Lord attended one of the richest schools in the entire country and now lives in a wealthy Auckland suburb. It is also worth noting that Lord stated she was listening to a lot of hip-hop when she wrote Royals. The lyrics about Grey Goose and Cadillac seems to be a direct reference to the way many rappers flaunt their wealth and possessions. This does show a bit of ignorance at the cultural context of many hip-hop artists being individuals who grew up in communities that have been economically marginalized and oppressed. So their story 
is more about overcoming, not needlessly flaunting wealth just to look cool. Though there are many vapid party hip-hop songs that needlessly flaunt wealth, this points to the fact that Lord does have some privilege that she's not ad- addressing. Again, she was a teenager at the time, so I'll give her a bit of a break. But there is a nuance to the materialism of pop music in America, and I think that is overlooked in the lyrics. And I think some critics did point this out at the time. However, the song's cultural significance is lasting. Uh, Before Bernie ran for president and popularized the idea of berating billionaires, Lord lodged a bold criticism of capitalism and materialism and reached audiences who didn't necessarily share her beliefs because a good pop song is a good pop song. Many listeners probably just didn't pay attention to lyrics and just liked how it sounded. I expected Lord to rebel against and reshape the pop music industry while making a name for herself and successfully selling records. Looking back, that's a tall order for a teenager, or for any musician, let alone a teenager who is still finding her sound in her voice. So it's understandable that a teenager catapulted into stardom would not rebel against the music industry norms, but instead find her own way to fit into that system. So did Lord sell out? Yes, but that's okay. The entire goal of making pop music is for it to be popular. So if she didn't sell out, she wouldn't have the lasting impact on music that she has today. And as I established, she was... She was signed to UMG at 12, so I don't know that she was really starting from a point of not selling out in the first place. Also, I shouldn't have been surprised that she was seduced by the glamour and the glory of the pop music industry. In fact, she stated her intentions in that chorus of Royals as she says, let me live that fantasy. She criticized the materialism of the pop musician lifestyle, but longed for it at the same time. And looking at it through this perspective, I now recognize that she captured a complex human emotion in that song, rejecting something while also wanting to be a part of it. It's pretty relatable. So, while Lord was seemingly a sellout at the time, it could have been a lot worse. Even though melodrama wasn't what I, the pop snob, had hoped for at the time, I now recognize it's a damn good record. And Greenlight is a certified banger. Now let's take a look at Solar Power. It's the first single off Lord's upcoming third album of the same name. The single was released on June 10th. It currently has over 55 million streams on Spotify, and it peaked at 34 on the Billboard Hot 100 on June 26th. Looking at the headlines about Royals compared to the ones about Solar Power is a stark contrast. In 2013, the New York Times examined the class consciousness of Royals, where in 2021, page six has a full article about Lord's outfit in the Solar Power video and how much each article of clothing cost. (laughs) Solar Power is a light and sunny folk pop anthem with a vibe of 90s pop rock. She even credits the band Primal Scream for the song's similarities to their 1990 song Loaded. When I first listened to the song, I really enjoyed just the vibe and the sound of it. Upon listening more, I, of course, dug into lyrics and determined that, in terms of lyrics, there wasn't much going on there. It's just about going to the beach and enjoying the sun, not much else. However, upon further investigation, the song does possess more depth than I initially realized. The video gives this cult leader vibe, seeing Lord at the head of this horde of beach-going hippies, 
And this is intentional, as she says in the second verse, I'm kind of like a prettier Jesus. And the song is, in a way, worshiping the sun. Uh, The genius lyrics annotation of this lyric says, the line reinforces the hedonistic worship of nature that the song celebrates. Lord revels in the power of soul, the sun god, rather than the son of God. Fun wordplay there. Good job, genius annotator. Lord said the album is a celebration of the natural world, an attempt at immortalizing the deep transcendent feelings I have when I'm outdoors. In times of heartache, grief, deep love, or confusion, I look to the natural world for answers. So, Lord has a gift of distilling complex ideas into digestible pop nuggets, and that's what she's doing here. Even the line, my wife laughed at, can you reach me? No, you can't, speaks to Lord's choice to leave social media and engage in a digital detox. Again, a seemingly simple sentiment, but in this age, most people could use a reminder to disconnect from their devices and online existences and connect with the real tangible world. Kevin, you'll find this piece of information interesting. The song features background vocals from Phoebe Bridgers and Claire Cottrell, a.k.a. Claro. I did know that. You did? Yes. Nice. Um, And aligning herself with these indie darlings further demonstrates that she still possesses that rebel and outsider spirit, even though she is now very much an insider in the industry. Uh, But music is about capturing a moment in time, and that's what Lord did with Royals. She captured where she was at the time, an everyday person who witnessed the glamour of fame but hadn't tasted it and couldn't relate to it. Now that's the same thing she's doing with solar power, only her circumstances and the circumstances of the world have dramatically changed, and now she's just capturing where she's at. Quarantine is over, and she wants to get out to the beach and worship the sun. And that's a message I can get on board with at this point in my life. Uh, Although she may not be able to capture all the unique elements that made the lightning in a bottle of Royals, brighter days are certainly ahead for Lord. So what can we learn from the rise and reign of Lord? One, audience expectation and artist evolution can often clash. At the end of the day, the artist has to stay true to themselves even if that means they alienate some of their audience. Two, we expect too much from our pop stars and performers. As a listener, we just have to move on to the next thing that does give us that spark if they're not giving it to us and give that artist their space to explore what they need to explore. Three, people are complex and can hold seemingly contradictory desires in themselves at the same time, and Lord captured that beautifully on Royals. Four, seemingly shallow pop songs are occasionally deeper than you may think. Five, there is a fine line between selling out and adapting to success. And six, bold artists may not always be able to completely alter the industry while working within it, but they can certainly change the conversation and pave the way for the future innovators to follow in their footsteps and use their platform to affect change. So, while Lord has embraced her inner pop princess and made some of her work easier to digest for a general audience, she still stands apart as an alternative force in pop music who is always doing something original and staying true to herself. 
She has one of the most unique rises to fame and a lasting reign on the pop charts. So that is from capitalist critic to sun-worshipping beach healer, the rise and reign of Lord. So there you go. Wow! Good job. Thank you, sir. I was I was uh completely and utterly like sucked in. Uh you Good. if if Lord is a cult leader uh, in the making, maybe you are too cuz goddamn I couldn't stop listening. Ooh, okay. I might need to follow that away for future volleyball matches. <laughs> yes. If you haven't seen the volleyball. No, I I, d- I definitely was like <laughs> volleyball matches. Volleyball ma- and it, it clicked, it clicked. It it came to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can say that, you know, I talked about my whole journey of sort of rejecting Lord, but I think I have circled back around to full fan again. So, so um, there you go. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some questions at you. Besides the Please. tracks that you mentioned, like the singles, the hits, what are some songs to like listen to out of Lord's catalog? Oh, you know, um, a couple that. I was really struck by on melodrama because I feel like I didn't give that album a chance. So I missed out on some really great songs and the first half is good. Got a lot of like pop bangers, but the song writer in the dark, which is like the second sort of piano ballad on the album is super good. And then the song right after it supercut is a, you know, another big pop jam, but it was one that I wasn't aware of and really loved. Um, I talk about, uh, I think I talked about in a previous episode, A World Alone, the closing track on Pure Heroin. Yeah. I love that. And, I mean, really, you can't go wrong on Pure Heroin. Uh, Royals, Ribs, Tennis Court, all great. Um, And, of course, her cover of Swing and Party is fantastic. And then there's the new single, Stoned at the Nail Salon, which uh, Kyle said... Is she saying that's supposed to be a good thing or a bad thing? And I answered, I listened to it again today, and I'm like, she's actually just in the song questioning her choices in life and looking at like past people she loved and her Should life. Should I before. be stoned at the nail salon? No, it's more like she's getting super existential and questioning her life and then being like, is this real or am I just stoned at the nail salon? Ah. Basically, like are these my true feelings or are they just high thoughts? <laughs> but yeah, have I, have I ascended to an otherworldly plane or did I just take an edible and watch space jam a new legacy? Exactly. The questions we all ask ourselves. Yes. Kevin, if you'll review those documents I just sent over, uh, we are legally obligated to now talk about the music we've been currently loving in touts. Touts. Yes, Luke. I'm. Uh, I've got these documents here. Documents, 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 documents. Okay, okay. All right, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, All right, what you got? Objection. Fuck. Nope. That's the wrong spot. Uh. Uh. I. Uh, nah. You know, I've had a. I've been kind of checking out a lot of the albums I've enjoyed this year. I'm like starting to put a list together. Starting to narrow it down. You know, like, so I've been really going through a lot of stuff I've listened to previous uh, and trying to catch up on a few that I've missed. One of which I really enjoyed was Orange Print by Larry June. 
a mm. really, really good hip hop album, I saw someone that had a list of like their five favorite albums of the year. And I'd heard them all except that one. And I went and checked it out and like, might not be wrong. Hmm. I do um, not know this one, so I need to check this out. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, another one was Lil Yachty's Michigan Boat Boy Boy, Michigan Boy Boat. Ah, uh, uh, yes, I swear, Vazo. I am going to disagree that that's in the top five hip hop albums of the year, but I did give it another listen, so I'm I'm certain. Mm-hmm. Uh, been doing a little bit of Sparks, Luke. I'm I'm still diving in. Yes. Uh, Which ones? I did Kimono My House and Indiscreet a lot this week. Yeah. So early Indiscreet. and like whew, Wow. Oh man. I love Indiscreet so much. Yeah. Really uh really wild. I, it's fun like to have not really listened to Sparks all that much and now like have all this to listen to, but it is taking yeah. me ages. Oh, I'm still not past nineties Sparks because I've switched back to new music, so I need to resume. But can I uh interrupt really quick with a Please. Sparks antidote? So the song Tits, which they talk about in the documentary, which is not dirty in the way that you think it is, uh-huh. um, th- it's really, you know, kind of dark. And the chorus is just that epic, drink, Harry, drink, Harry, drink till you can't see no more. And it's so catchy. I was, when I was brutally hung over the day after the first day Matthew show, <laughs> that song was just playing in a loop on my head. And I was just like, make it stop. <laughs> I'm just trying not to think about everything I drank, and then I'm just saying, drink, Kevin, drink. I'm like, oh god. But that song's so good. Uh, yeah, it's it's an absolute banger. It's wild. They're all their music is insane. <laughs> it's I, so uh, nuts. I I will continue to dive in for many many months. Yeah. Uh, lastly, I've also been in a really big pop punk kick. Ooh. I kind of like I took the Olivia Rodrigo like a few pop punk tracks. I was like, I'm gonna make a playlist mm-hmm. of these and like my favorites. And it was literally like 30 mid 2000s songs and two Olivia Rodrigo songs. I was like, all right, I gotta like, <laughs> I gotta like vary this a little bit. Yeah. So I've got some Willow in there, um, some some oh, of the good. older yeah. Paris stuff. Like I'm trying to I'm trying to like stretch the years. And so I was looking at like some of the best pop punk that's come out recently, and I discovered uh, Beach Bunny, who I yes. heard of and never really listened to a ton, but they just put out an EP uh, this year. Good Girls Don't Get Used yes. is on my, play- my so playlist good. now. Very good. Um, I I'm just continuing to like find more and more, or um, add more and more like uh girl in red serotonin from earlier this year that oh that's like, a good one it's the billing uh there's then, gotta like, be some 80s pop punk that maybe we uh aren't familiar with i feel like there's yeah. some undercurrent pop punk from the 80s there's gotta be yeah that's a good i should i should definitely check that out i just like it's up to it's up to 40 songs right now and like i want to get to like 100 like yeah, i want to get i want to get up. wild with it yeah <laughs> So that's been my kind of side project. That's that's why I'm a little bit lacking in touts and may continue to be because I'm just living my uh, Fueled by Ramen dreams. There you go. Well, you know, I was listening to nothing but Sparks. Now I'm back to my regular listening, so I got a whole list here. Uh, so first up, I got to talk about Lump with the album Animal. This is the duo of Mike Lindsay and Laura Marlene that you heard last episode that is one of my favorite albums of the year. I've been listening to it nonstop. A lot of songs are growing on me. My old favorites are still going strong. It's just incredible. 
Uh, also, Kevin, have you listened to this new Bleachers album? Yes. Take the sadness really out of good. Saturday. It's insanely good. Very Springsteen-y throughout. Features the man himself, Bruce Features Springsteen. Features Bruce Springsteen, yeah. Yeah. And also, I get some like Paul Simon vibes at time. It's just really interesting production. Not like polished like synth pop like you would expect from Jack Antonoff. It's very like acoustic, real instruments, saxophone, guitars. It's great. Um, then Foxing, Draw Down the Moon. I haven't finished this album yet because I was listening to it in the car with Kyle and they started screaming and she was like, please, no. Um, but <laughs> it sounds awesome and it's got a kind of like D&D theme. Uh, so it's it's probably pretty great. I'm going to finish it right after this. Um, and then Torres with Thirstier, another one I've been waiting a lot and is super great. Um, now I'm just going to run through these few really quick. Hippocampus with Good Dog, Bad Dream was Ooh, surprisingly. Big fan of that. I loved it. I didn't think I would love it as much as I would. Um, Lauren Hibbard with the EP Goober, which has a really funny uh, album cover. It's like her head sticking out of the ground. But I heard a couple of songs from that that were cool. Kind of like Soccer Mommy type vibe. So it's good stuff. Um, obviously, I don't need to talk about Billie Eilish happier than ever. Although I did enjoy that album. Uh, more than her first one, I think, even though there were parts of it that was Snoozeville for me. Uh, some good stuff on there. Um, then Twin Shadow with Twin Shadow, yes. the self-titled album, which I neglected. I thought about this. It's so I, good. I thought about this like halfway through your uh, dots. I was like, fuck, I didn't mention Twin Shadow. I know Luke will, so I got I to gotta say that it is very good when he yeah. says it. So and I'm I, here saying it is very good. You did it. You said it. And I need to spend some more time with that one, but was really digging it because it's again a new style for him, not what I expected. Um, in a lot more, I feel like tangible instrumentations and not so sort of polished like some of the other stuff. But um, then last up, Hobo Johnson with Hobo Johnson alienates his fan base. Have you heard of this guy? Uh, you know I have, but I really haven't been a big fan of him since he alienated me. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. No, I uh, I wasn't really, didn't really dig his sound. He's kind of like a rapper, but he's like talk rapping, um, but kind of like pop punky too. Um, but I was actually digging the new uh, stuff. It wasn't too bad. He does have a song called Jeff Bezos. And I'm like, I'm just picturing him when Bo Burnham's comes out and he's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, because A, ba- Burnham's Burnham's Bezos is better. <laughs> as um, upset as uh, Charlie XCX was to see that we exist. Exactly. It was the same thing. Um, and also, like, he's kind of trying to do some of the same stuff with Bo Burnham. Like, he's commenting on certain, like, societal things. But I think it works in Burnham's better. But I was still enjoying Hobo Johnson's. I'm do- I didn't really get the whole how Bezos fit in, but... Again, so the bon- the Burnham was one is pretty random too, so who knows? But yeah, so that's uh, those are my touts. I checked the, all those out. Lots of good stuff recently came out, and I've been catching up and have been delighted at all the great releases. Yeah, it's uh, we're we're like kind of coming out of the lull of summer, and I think yeah. this fall it's gonna it's gonna hit like a truck. Yeah, it's it's gonna smack us in our noggins. Um, so Kevin, if we don't go right now to talking about the music that we're excited about in shouts, 
I'm going to hold you in contempt. So let's go. Luke, you go first. I got to I got to put this makeup on. One sec. Okay. Makeup on. Interesting. Um So, first up, still woozy. If this isn't nice, I don't know what is. Great album title. The cover's really cool too. Similar to that goober, he's like buried in the sand and like sticking out. Looks cool. Um Devendra Banhart, awesome folk singer who I love. Refuge uh, is coming out. Boldy James and the Alchemist with another album. They already released one earlier this Alchemists year. Alchemist don't stop. The Alchemist does not. He's always in his uh, lab cooking up some potions. Uh, and they have the Bo Jackson LP coming out. Uh, then Ryuchi Sakamoto, who is was one of the members of Yellow Magic Orchestra, which was oh. a huge influence on electronic music. Yeah, uh, we uh, Parker brought them up when we were talking about the Sparks documentary and how like Sparks and them were at the same time in the 70s, sort of pushing the sound of the 80s forward uh, before it was the sound of the decade, you know. Um, yeah. So but he's been a composer on he did like The Revenant and a lot of stuff. So he has the soundtrack for the Netflix film Beckett coming out. So that's interesting. Ah. Um, Yeah. So that's all I got. What you got? All right, let me uh, put this big old red wig on. Oh, I'm gonna, yes. I'm putting these big big shoes and a... There we go. A nice oh. red squeaky nose. Okay, well, uh, before coming you did out, the nose, I thought you may have been Little Orphan Annie, but you're a clown. Nope, the nose is critical. Uh, I am a clown because coming out this week, Kanye West, Donda. <laughs> That's why you're a clown. You've been uh, saying it yeah, every week. Uh, I, I listen, I, I almost guarantee that I'll be here next week uh, saying it's coming out, but here we are. Like, this... attempt, th- attempt three? Yeah. If it doesn't come um, out this week, we need to, like, make some regular segment and, like, turn this into a game on betting it Donda, The second we make Donda Watch happen, <laughs> it will come out. Yeah, that's right, it'll come out. Um, But, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. He's just... <laughs> I, like... Flip a coin whether it comes out or not at this point. I genuinely don't know. Yeah, we uh, will never know. Yeah, in uh, in albums that are actually coming out and do exist, we have uh, The Killers with Pressure Machine. Nice. Always interested to see what The Killers are up to. I've heard good things about this. We've got Jungle with Love and Stereo. I've been a really big fan of their previous two albums. Very funky pop oh. melodic music you knew them before i just heard the new song yeah oh no uh i will say this if you're not familiar with jungle and you want a crash course i'm going to say that you should listen to i'm doing a quick where, google it. you should listen to busy earning on self-titled and you should listen to happy man on forever I think those are, are two of their big ones. Is that first song about when uh, Busy Phillips made her Instagram account and just started earning, just printing that money, baby? Yes. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and we also have Joy Orbison, still slipping volume one. Just a fun name for an artist. So great. Like Joanna I like Gruesome. It. 
Yeah, it's just I you see it catches the eye. I go, I gotta check this out. There's and a handful. Max. Oh, sorry. There's a handful of other bands that have names like that where they like take someone's name and twist it in some fun way. And I wish I I need to make a playlist. I need to find them all because there's some fun. Well, ones. what? Oh, Com Flint Eastwood. Flint Eastwood, Com But now it it's not Flint Eastwood. Oh, really? Like like. Yeah, like if you search Flint Eastwood, you get Jax Anderson and like Oh, did you Oh, so they changed they it. changed the name. Oh, yeah. Uh well, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Jr. has just I mean, become Jr. Jr. There you go. Yeah, a lot of yeah, them so. uh, fell by the wayside, but you know, see Com Cruise did it right cuz they switched the the letters of Tom Cruise, so you wouldn't even really know that it's a reference to that unless you like sort of think about it. So It's, it's a not, reference to Tom Cruise. There you go. You didn't even know. But Flynn Eastwood's a little no more idea. obvious. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, and finally, Mags, that's M.A.G.S. Uh, with Say Things That Matter. Really like that artist. Curious to hear what else they've got cooking. That's all I've got, Luke. Uh, so we're going to take a recess to uh, prepare our opening statement for tomorrow's case against uh, the people v. Charlie XCX. Um, so... We're going to say goodbye, but first we got to talk about our three daddies. Uh, we're a Planet Ant podcast powered by Pinecast. Head to planetant.com, check out all the great digital shows and podcasts they got going on, and go to planetant.com slash best song ever. No hyphens, just the letters. And you can join our Discord and get some great music recommendations. And yes. of course, offshelf.net. Check it out, it's on the internet third daddy my john moods interview is up so go check that out and his album's out so you can do a nice little like pairing listen to the album then read the the thoughts behind it and the process behind it so that's gonna do it for us this week as always i'm luke leben saying you better check your perspective and i'm kevin connor saying go ahead chase those waterfalls this is best song ever gavel sound Been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. You can take as much of that as you want.